Hey, friend, how you doing? I am well, friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. How's your day going? You know, it has been raining up here all day today. And they've been talking about freezing rain and all this other stuff. And it's so crazy to me because yesterday it was like 74 degrees. It was so pretty out. You could see everybody walking and, you know, with their, their kids and the, the strollers and I was looking in the neighborhood. I was like, this is real cute. And then all of a sudden, it just turned turned cold. And it's going to be like this, like the rest of this week. I heard it was supposed to be a Mentry Wix mix in D.C. or something like that. Yeah, so um, they've already sent a notice out that it's a possibility that could be happening. So, you know, I'm kind of over it. You know, like I said, as uh, growing up as kids, I would have loved for that to be on the forecast, being an adult and having to clean it off and drive on it. No, mm-hmm. that thing is for the birds, friend. Exactly. That's so, right. friend, we have a special guest with us. We have Jessica Wall, who is a historian and a multimedia specialist. She's joined with me before uh, in partnership with the Rainbow History Project uh, to talk about LGBTQ history and uh, the importance of it being taught in the schools. Uh, she's a great friend of the show and a friend of mine. And I want to welcome to Rewinding the Week. Jessica Wall. How you doing, Jessica? Hello. Oh, hello, hello. Thank you so much for welcoming me. I feel like I should be like a long time listener, first time call. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are so happy that you um, joined in on our conversation yes. because we wanted to do a episode about Black history and you immediately mm-hmm. came to my mind with all that knowledge and things you have so thank you for joining with us it's a pleasure this this it's been a mixed bag with black this black history month a lot of a lot of ups and downs Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the culture but i'm just excited to be able to join you all and you're right about the the this is for the birds i was like yeah for the penguins (laughs) I, i was walking today and i was like this is terrible. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, no. I mean, it was yesterday was like 60 or 70 degrees. You can go out with your fantastic. shorts. Today, you need your jumpsuit, your ski mask, <laughs> all these things. Um, so shout out to you for being with us. I, I also want to celebrate um, Ken. Um, Jessica and I are both Aquarians. I don't know. If we you sure are. Know oh, that. I mean, <laughs> I'm just around it. I like people need to to know i have so many people that are in my life friends and family members that are aquarius and i'm just like oh my goodness that means you're blessed you're blessed yes i am blessed to to have so many um but i tell you what those birthdays be hit they do friend i would say you know friend you know he friend did a great job for my birthday and i know i'm not the only aquarium friend that he has and i yes. think friend i think february you just budget in november I do. December, I have to, and january i'm like it is back to back back to back <laughs> um so i just have to budget but but yeah you, no, it's you gotta get some you gotta get some dollar tree cars and everybody gets one five dollar bill Hello. 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 Well, you know what? That might cut into the budget because it's dollar oh, no, now. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh, Jessica, don't give him that advice. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Jessica, how did you uh, celebrate your birthday, your year around the sun? 
very, very chill. The big three five came and I was like, did it really come? Because the last two years really don't count. So mm-hmm. I should really just claim I'm 33. Uh, it would be. We, uh, there's, thank you. Thank, uh, there is a movie theater in Rockville, Maryland. I'm in Bethesda, but it's right up the road. It's called the IPIC. And it's one of those nice theaters where they have reclined seats and blankets. And all you do is push a button and they bring you your cocktails and your food and it was nice. Like people were, everyone was social distance and we went to see death on the Nile, which was actually really good. And there was, uh, that Agatha Christie, uh, adaptation. It was mostly black couples, uh, there. Um, um my husband, as Jamal know, he was at my wedding. So he knows, uh, who's also a coworker of ours, uh, Derek, he's white, but he knows, he knows more black history than I do. So I'm like, oh, we overcame that? Look at us, black people. Because he's like, you don't know about this? I got a book about it. But we went, and it was it was just a really nice, chill evening. And uh, then on uh, the Saturday, because my birthday was on the Thursday, on the Saturday, we went up to Frederick and played around, went to a little bookstore, grabbed something to eat. Uh, a lot of people are not wearing masks right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And I just I, this is the healthiest I've been in a decade. So the, I'm keep, I'm keeping the mask on. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it, and you know they're rolling those mask mandates back and things, which I can understand in a certain way. But don't get too lenient where we we regress and things like yeah. that. Um, I, I think that's very important. Um, another thing I want to talk about is you know when we're talking about you know, our birthdays and celebration. Um, I celebrated, you know, with this month, not only turning um, 23. That's right. Know, that's right. Uh, look like that, friend. Why are you looking like that, friend? You were smiling. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking, I, I'm just keeping quiet. Friend, there was a mistake a on my birth certificate, okay? It was a mistake. I, I don't have, listen, I don't have a comment. <laughs> <laughs> but what I wanted to say is, you know, we also celebrated like the reboot of Bel Air. And I know uh friend, um, you watched it, uh Ken. I, I just I don't think you watched it just quite yet. Not, not yet. I need someone to give me their streaming service, whichever one it's <laughs> the, the the peacock. Yeah. Uh, audi- audience slide me your password. Yes. <laughs> your friend, what what do you what did you think uh about it's it? It's funny. I, I literally just got off the phone with my uh my aunt. Shout out to uh Miss Sunshine. She's she's my uh my my sister. Um but you know, also my my auntie sister. Uh, <laughs> okay. and so um we were talking about kind of key differences in and one thing that stuck out for me in watching the new series Bel Air compared to the original, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, is that they are allowed to be more real in this mm-hmm. reboot than we than they were in the original. Um, you know, it's a lot of things that they had to do to make sure they catered to a whole, you know, different set of audiences, and so they couldn't have all of these these uh, uh what's happening now which is for you know spoiler alert for those who who have seen the show or have not seen the show you you have um carlton who mm-hmm. we always know to be very fidgety and and you know kind of uh funny and all these different things and so carlton is more uh serious and um his personality it just has a 
a different feel to it. Um, he's also involved in some drugs, uh, in which in which is interesting. And I was telling my my aunt this is that uh, we just talked about it. I was like, if you think about the original series, and Carlton was always like chippery or kind of jumping around or mm-hmm. fifty. And it's a possibility that he could have been on drugs. Like, we just didn't know. And so now, you know, Bel Air kind of brings more real factors to the show, and that's one of them. Um, so it's an interesting watch. I definitely encourage those. It, it's only been, they're releasing um, an episode every week. So I think they are on their fifth episode. Um, but overall, I think it's it's a pretty, pretty strong reboot. I'm really not a reboot person. Um, I've seen some other ones. I'm like, Ugh, no, thank you. But this one is actually pretty good. I have to agree with you, friend. Um, they just released uh, the new episode. I think episode five, um, yeah. I believe. And and I was talking to my my brother about it, who really put me onto the show. The original Fresh Prince of Bel Air got me into wanting to tackle. Uh, being a part of the industry of entertainment, of comedy, of production, of directing, because of um, the episode Papa Got a Brand New Excuse, you know, that episode where, you know, he thought his dad, you know, was going to spend time with him. Um, oh, that, that, that episode hurt. It, it, it hurt. <laughs> it, it tackled, and, and I could relate to it on so many levels. And I actually did it for a monologue before for uh, a theater school. Um, and so Will Smith and Fresh Prince, Pre- Fresh Prince of Bel-Air got me into saying, oh my God, I can take my emotions and things and put it into a character, put it into writing and put it into screen. Um, it took me a while to get used to the reboot because uh, I told my brother, it I missed the comedy in it. In a way, not to say they don't have funny parts, but it's like serious and in depth. And, and shout out to um, Jabari Banks, you know, who is the uh, main character in in the film. But it's deep. But I'm like, is it too deep or is it just right? You know what I'm saying, friend? Yeah, yeah. I no, I think um, it just really it adds a, a sense of uh, you can relate. To a lot of different things that they have in this series. I'm not saying you can relate to the original one because right. we found ourselves um, relating to a lot of different characters, but they did take the time to make intricate changes and details to the characters. Um, you'll find other characters, Hillary, um, mm-hmm. who we knew to be an original, was you know light and airy, and she still is, but she's also very smart. Right. Um, you know, you see, we have not seen a broom in Jeffrey's hand yet. <laughs> no broom, no none but of that. Jesse plenty of melanin, okay? He is Jeffrey's security for the family. And yes, so he is. It is it's very it's very interesting, but I do like the different tweets that they play in the characters for this um this reboot versus the original. So I'll be tuning in, definitely see what's what's happening. Um I even like that Unviv um, who's played by a beautiful woman, by the mm-hmm. way. I like the fact that she sounds like the original Unviv. Like her voice mm-hmm. matches um, to the T. I just, I love that. So it's it's a, it's a good setup. 
Agree. I, I think it's, it's really good. And Jessica, don't worry. We got you, girl. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, in the other news, as we talked about, uh, as we rewind this week, you know, you see um, the states um, mooring um, or reversing or kind of limiting the mass mandates. Uh, for you, what does that look like? I know, Jessica, you mentioned that this is the healthiest you've been in years. You want to keep that mask on and going. And I also heard, mm-hmm. you know, earlier from a great friend of mine that, you know, they get stares now when they, Look, have their masks on in stores where it was the other way around where if you had your mask on you was like you didn't have a mask on people were like okay what are you doing you know so i want to know from you guys what does that look like you know with the reverse of the mask mandates and uh, vaccine proof mandates um you know i am definitely in agreement with Jessica. I'm keeping keeping my mask on, um, you know, especially in, in various public places, because at the end of the day, you know, it's not like that the virus has went away. Um, yeah. It has lessened itself in some form or, or fashion or people are, um, you know, surviving more, but nonetheless, it's out there. And I want to make sure I protect myself. I already have a... Um, you know, a chronic condition that will compromise my immune system. Um, so I want to be sure that I'm doing everything I can to protect myself, especially when we're getting ready to go back into the workspace. My job is slighted um, for us to come in or slated for us to come in. That was, it is March 30th. And we'll be uh, doing a hybrid schedule in which we're in the office Tuesday and Wednesday, but we're working from home Monday, Thursday, and Friday, which I'm okay with. But I'm like, in the times in which I want to be in the office, I'm going to have my mask on. So the coworkers mm-hmm. that are, you know, looking to, to for me to have my mask off because they do, no thank you. Um, that's going to be my stance. So for the for those who, and I, as far as the experience go, goes, I haven't really seen... I've seen people that haven't had their masks on, but it, it hasn't been like to a huge effect yet um, in the area that I'm in. I'm, I'm in, you know, Maryland, but I don't know for some of these other smaller towns. I know Jessica mentioned Frederick. Um, I believe I was out like in a certain part of Annapolis and people weren't wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. So, um, so some of these like counties and small towns outside of the larger metropolitan areas are definitely taking that stance of not wearing masks and getting comfortable with it. Um, but I am trying to stay clear of all of that. Yeah, friend, I, I definitely agree with you and Jessica. I, I still wear my mask even if I um, go out because you don't know because airborne is still a thing. I have a friend, yeah. um, people I know who had, you know, airborne, someone coughs, someone sneezes. You still want to have that protection. Even though you're vaccinated, it doesn't, prevent you not getting it, it just helps your body fight it um and as you get a flu or any other um illness and things that you've been vaccinated for so i do think yeah i understand we have to live with it it's here we can't let it continue to shut us in i'm, I'm all for that but at the same time as you both are saying it's still here it still exists and you don't know if you have a compromised immune system, you know, if you didn't go to doctor or whatever, you don't know until unfortunately something happens. So taking those necessary precautions are, are very important. What do you think about, uh, what, what do you all think about the fourth shot or getting a fourth dose? 
I live I live right near NIH. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be outside the gate like Dr. Fauci, <laughs> hit me up with that fourth yes. one when you got it ready. I, 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 and I don't like needles, right. uh, but I love being safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get my flu shot. I get any vaccinations that are, I think I, that that I should have. I'm like I'm going to have them. I'm also a, a penny pincher, so the idea of doing like wearing doing something so simple as wearing a mask and getting a free shot mm-hmm. versus thousands of dollars in medical bills what is it and and you brought up a, a good point jessica that you know these icus and medic i mean you get billed I mean, you're yeah. getting a hef- hefty bill with that, uh, which is a Go whole other discussion. GoFundMe is like this. This pandemic is sponsored by GoFundMe because yeah. every, I mean, because people are, and it's not just medical bills; it's funeral costs mm-hmm. because people are still dying, and if they don't have insurance, or and a lot of insurance aren't even covering things like that. So right. I I, I totally agree with you guys. I'm I'm all for it. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is the Dante Wright, uh, verdict of the officer getting two years where the maximum, at least the prosecution was, um, suggesting was seven years. Um, and the judge having her tears and things, never mind the tears of the parents and those affected, but the tears of the officer, it's what influenced her to take that minimum, minimum, bare minimum of two years. And I'm curious, Jessica, to get your your thoughts of it uh, as we continue <laughs> on and move on to our Black film, our Black History Month. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's my dog, child. That's why she's doing the show. You know I love Egypt. You know, like she, Egypt looks like a cute little Ewok to me. I just want to take her and do a Star Wars cosplay contest yes. with it. Um, right. When it when it comes to um, the verdict, I was not surprised. Uh, I, I, okay, I was I was I was surprised that she was convicted. But I was not surprised that she would not serve the maximum because how often you can in the palm of your hand you could count how many times someone has done a black person wrong has killed maimed done some atrocity against a black person and they get what the, like what if if the if the person that did the crime were were black would get like you know mm-hmm. like there's always a disparity like the black person the white person could do the same crime but you know the black person is going to get the maximum and maybe tack on something whereas the white person will get the reduced sentence or go free so her getting a reduced sentence i was not surprised of uh the fact that she's the trainer and she couldn't tell the difference between her taser and her gun draws into question for me just how terrible training is for law enforcement because you'll get so many hours on how to shoot somebody but very few hours on how to Mm de-escalate how to even just take this or like with brianna taylor just take the time to read the address before you burst in 
shots fired. Like the, actually was the, the there was a uh, forgive me his last name was Hill, also in Minneapolis. They burst into his home, wrong address. He's asleep on the couch. Right. They a gun was like near his like I guess his foot, and they and just they just start blasting. Yeah, and killed him. Mm-hmm. Like the and they're like, oh, wrong address. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't expect those those officers to be convicted. Maybe they'll take one to trial, and I just I just expect slaps on the wrist. Uh, there is, I mean, juxtaposing that today, the three other officers who were part of George Floyd's murder, they were uh, found guilty of violating his civil rights. So, like, so there's it's. I, I, there, so there's like there's been good news and then there's bad news. My problem is that I know that there'll be people who will use the well. See, we we convicted who killed George Floyd. You should be happy, mm-hmm. and right. like everybody else gets to march on their merry way. And and people say, well, you've got a convention conviction against this woman. She is going to serve some time. I said, but Dante Wright's sentence is death. Yeah, yeah. For his family, his is his. She might not even serve the full two years because this happens. They'll sentence you to like five years, two years, and you serve. They let you out for good behavior. Good behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can we even, can we, are we assured she'll be, <laughs> she'll be serving the full two years? Right. I don't know. You you know, Jessica, I always want, I, I almost wanted to post when that sentence was handed down. A man was lynched today. Yes. Yes. Similar to what we saw, you know, years, 1960s, 1920s, 1930s, you know, shout out to Ida B. Wells, Mm -hmm. you know, that the judge, and and should this even be part of our judiciary system where you are crying rendering a verdict and to the point of not let alone the tears of the mother of his child yeah the mother of him dante wright the father but one woman tears is where you empathize and sympathize with and as you said that training clearly different from a taser and a gun in weight, in look, and as you see, in usage. And so when I saw that, I was just like, this is something. Um, and I always, almost, excuse me, wanted to say, you know, again, like a man was lynched today. Well, I believe his, his mother, um, and I may be misquoting, but I believe she said something to the effect of, you know, you guys murdered my son again today. Yeah. Um, was already, you know, you already had, we already had to go through this initially and all the hurt and pain, but I have to sit through this again, watching as you, you know, essentially murder my son again, because this woman is not serving a time that is, that correlates with the person's life, which the reality of it is, is when you do something so heinous as taking someone's life and don't have any, you know, justification behind it, um, none of those sentences truly equates to that person's life. Um, 
you know, and it's it's just unfortunate that we have to see the bare minimum. And people will say, oh, we're making progress because, you know, they got convicted, as Jessica mentioned. But what this, you know, at the end of the day, the conviction and then what the sentencing is, is up and down. And you don't feel, you don't feel like we have, you know, we take one step forward and it's two steps back because of that. Um, so it's unfortunate, it really is. I, my heart goes out to the family um, because I know it's been tough kind of going through that process. Um, so yeah, this is, this is the world we live in. It's not, not, uh, not the greatest. And I, I pray for his, his, uh, his, I think he had a son mm-hmm. um, because he'll have to grow up without his father. Mm. And then when, you know, I mean, we all grew up with family, like photo albums and maybe some home videos. Imagine like that's how you find out how, because now if before you would, if someone was killed, you might not have the footage or anything of it. He will be able to see for himself how his father died. Mm. So like, that's another way, like, like the court killed him. This woman killed him. But in the media, they love replaying these videos and they love to dig up anything they can to possibly to assassinate his character. So I, I, I pray that the family gets all the love, support, help that they get, they can, they can get. And if they can sue for some sort of financial compensation to yeah. help with the raising of the baby, I, 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 I give all power to that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree um, with it. And, and that's why I think it's very important that we as individuals, as black and minority groups, understand the law. Um, I don't know what steps the prosecution and his family can take after this. Uh, I'm not sure they can appeal or whatever that um, ruling was, but our prayers definitely go out to Dante Wright and his family and, and the support. Um, before we go to our Kings and Queens set, man, I want to, I'm questioning, I want to see you guys reaction to the Super Bowl. Uh, I know it was on my birthday. Uh, I think Mary did that for me, I must say, uh, <laughs> but I saw it. Uh, what do you guys think? Oh gosh. Um, I loved it. Uh, it was, it was emotional, uh, cause it was like all of, Okay, quick story. When I was uh, a young lass, uh, <laughs> I really wanted the Eight Mile soundtrack. I wanted that CD so bad, and I asked my mom. I was like, "Mom, I'm gonna good." Girl. All right. So Jessica, so you say you enjoyed the Super Bowl? Okay. It, it was nostalgic for me. Um, I, I, all those, I feel so sorry for, and my neighbors, because I live in an apartment, because I was like, I was spitting, I was like, yes, this mm-hmm. yes. is, uh, every burnt CD that I had to sneak, because my mom wouldn't let me have these songs, hide them behind gospel CDs, yeah. trying to be slick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I've been in love with Eminem for years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, look at him looking good, looking, we look great. And I, 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 I was enjoying the performances for what they were. Um, I, I, uh, Anderson Pack with his 
big bright teats on the drums having a good time uh when uh mary j came out with her boots yes. I was like, they got her boots on she got boots. Boots on. Like, mm-hmm. it was it, it and and i i'm not i'm not body shaming um 50 at all i thought he looked fine yeah. my worry was that he was just gonna fall yes mm-hmm. when he came down i was like who's holding his feet <laughs> right mm-hmm. and it was great it felt like it felt like a, a just it felt very nostalgic and then to learn uh how like uh Dre wasn't supposed to say you know the line about the police right and he did anyway and they told him you can't kneel and he did anyway and Snoop was uh wearing blue and smoking yeah Snoop was <laughs> Snoop man it, it was it was I thought it was a very good performance was it uh, people like this is the best Super Bowl performance ever I don't think so um for me it'll always still be Prince <laughs> I have all. I'll just say that all my, all my, uh, all the Super Bowl halftimes that have been black, I have enjoyed. <laughs> yes, you, you know, I, I will, I will say, you know, to Prince because he did have Beyonce on there. Yeah. Um I was gonna say Beyonce was the best, but that's just being biased, you know. That's what I'm or like, it's, it's that's your truth. That's your truth. I mean, when she came out full on Black Panthers and. And that was incredible. Yeah. That was incredible. Um, I, I mean, also did enjoy like J Lo and mm-hmm. oh, Shakira too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I, I cannot crip walk. Um, I, I mm-hmm. don't have. I didn't have any malt liquor on me, <laughs> but I, I was, I was very much vibing with it. <laughs> yes, I, I'm here for. I know uh, Ken and I. We talked about it, and he was like, "Mary J got them boots," and I was like, "Why did she do no drama?" And, and Ken was like, "You know what? You think." about what's going on with COVID, with protests and, and yeah. um, war and, and police brutality, you know, that was like a song to say, you know, just no more. We've had enough. And so, yeah. you know, Cam uh, brought that to my attention, but I, you know what? I see you, bro. And I, I see why, why you say that. So uh, shout out to Mary J. Um, shout out to Dr. Dre, Eminem, 50 Cents, um, the West Coast putting on a great show uh, we're gonna move forward with grab your glasses and we're gonna talk about black history this is black history month uh but before we get started in our discussion this is a wine show where we love to talk about wine and sip and talk about um things um, that involves our country our community um jessica as our guest we want to start with you what are you drinking well, it's a school night, so I'm being careful. <laughs> I'm drinking only Perrier sparkling water right now. Okay. I'm pretending it's I'm pretending it's Pinot Grigio. Yeah. Until until I pray over it and Jesus will come through and turn it into wine. So yeah. right now it's water, but I have faith God will turn it into wine. <laughs> he did it before, he can do it again. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have my Sambian Blanc uh that I got on clearance okay mm-hmm. uh friend what are you drinking uh well i've had mm-hmm. i'm currently drinking it but um it's a, a light white wine um by this winery called dupland or deplin winery so i mentioned that oh yeah a couple episodes before um you know it has a nice a nice crisp um you know you have the 
the undertone of uh, I believe it is interesting enough. It might be like a raspberry, some kind of uh, fruit like like that mm-hmm. that has good undertone. Um, so I enjoy it. It's also good to make with the um, the slushy or the sweet mm-hmm. uh, the Spetsner mix. Um, so eventually I'll get around to making that. Let me phrase, tell you something, friends, before we get started with our grab your glasses. This friend made me grab my glasses when I went to go see him, and he made that slushy wine. He made it, the glasses that he wears on his face because his eyes is crossed. Uh-uh. Let me, <laughs> friend, let me tell y'all something. When a friend made this wine slushy, it was good. And I made a mistake of just having one glass because I think we were going out to eat afterwards. And so I meant to go back and finish it, but I never did. But I mean, that thing was looking at me like, drink me. And so <laughs> I did not. And Alice so if, if, if somebody was to say, you know, if I had one regret in life, one of them friends was not finishing your slushy that you made. I mean, it was delicious. I got wow, a brain freeze, Jessica. Is it like a frosé? Like I, yeah. I want to see this. I want to taste this. Frank, like, yeah, it's like a. Um, so on that same that the website of uh, um, at Duflin or uh, Dufflin, I keep saying the two because I'm not quite sure. I can't remember which one to say it correctly, but um, they have their uh, sweeteners mix or sweeteners mix, um, and it's real simple. You just take you know the mix. Um, the wine and mix that together, and then get your blender out um, with some some ice, and you just it just comes together nicely in a nice slushy. So you would think about you know the slushy you would get when you go buy a convenience store, um, but it's done with wine. So nice for that. Mm-hmm. It's heavenly, Jessica. And you know, one day when you come and join us in person, we I'm got gonna, you. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop by the Seven Eleven and grab a big gulp. One of those oh, I remember those and, days. And, and, and just run out and be like, don't you? No, I got, I'm going to use this cup for something else. Yes, I love it. Yes, thank you. Yes, friend, that, that, that was good. Um, a lot of people ask, you know, why do we celebrate Black History Month in February? And, you know, Jessica and I, we're historians, so we kind of, we know. Um, but for some who don't know, um, let us give you the 411. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> why do we celebrate Black History Month in February? A lot of people say, oh my God, it's the um, shortest month of the year. And I understand. I get it. But, you know, if you Black, we celebrate 366. We don't need a leap right. year, okay? That's but why right. do we celebrate in February? Well, because Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass' birthdays are on the second week of February. African-Americans will hold celebrations in honor of emancipation. It started off as Negro History Week in 1926. And in 1976, an Afro-American history professor by the name of Albert Bouchard from Texas A&M turned it into a month-long celebration and renamed it Black History. History Month. So this has been a celebration since 1926 as a week to a national holiday as a month in 1976. Uh, we we celebrated uh, in February, but for many of us, we celebrated 365. Um, Jessica, as a historian, um, what does Black History Month 
mean to you? And if I can second that, uh, how do you celebrate the Black beauty and boldness of this month? I would say that the first, okay, the first time I really remember caring and like, not just like, this is a, we're going to, like, it was, I grew up in Spalsylvania, Virginia. Um, that's where my ancestors were uh, enslaved. Uh, so, um, Virginia to my 1619, uh, I'm there. Uh, the first time I remember really caring about how we were represented in celebrating Black History Month was in the third grade. Because I realized we were only going to talk about the same people and we were and I had a teacher who wanted to quiz you had to like try it was like a game of charades like who am I guess who I am and no one could get the answer right and I said Malcolm X and my teacher took me aside like we don't talk about him now there was like maybe two other black kids in the class everyone else is white the teacher's white uh, this same teacher also told me that because th- she was a much older woman that when she first came to the South, she saw black people for the first time and thought they were made of chocolate. And I remember as a small child thinking, why would you tell me that? Like, that makes you sound dumb. Why would you tell me that? Like, it was, I was, I didn't have the vocabulary to say, okay, that's not the best thing to say to me. But since then it made me, it, it, I, for me celebrating black history month is it's, it's a complicated thing. It's, it's, we, like I said, we celebrate this every day, but for a lot of Americans, they either don't celebrate at all or, okay, we'll give them their 28 days. We gave you some attention, a pat on the head and that's it. So for me, it's, it's become kind of a crusade. Like, no, you, this is the start. This might be a jump off point, but you will, you're going to learn more every day. If you come to my social media, if you have a conversation with me, oh, Jessica, what you reading? Something about Black history. Yeah, and I'm going to share it with you too. So for me, Black true. history is, it's, it's about, it's more than just a, a pet on the head. It's, it's helping to make what is always been there that was pushed to the invisible to being visible. It's about being seen. It's about being recognized. It's about uplifting the heroes that people know about because everyone should know about Dr. King. Everyone should know about Rosa Parks, but then giving shine to the unsung people like Septimia Clark and Ella Baker and Faye Lou Hamer, Robert Smalls, like these names that I did not learn about until college. I was actually walking today. I was listening to an audiobook. Um, it was It's called um, A Black Woman's History of the United States. So if you know about Howard Zinn's book, A People's History of the United States, it's about Black women. And it's not just Black women. It's Black trans women, Black femmes, Black non-binary. And they were talking about um, Mamie Till Mobley and how she, what she suffered at the loss of her son, Emmett. And I remember where I was the first time I saw the picture in Jet Magazine. I was in college. No one showed it to me. No one talked about it. And that, that's something, and that's another thing about Black history. It, I think it's, it, it's the time where not just white people feel they have to talk about it. It's the time where more Black people feel they have to talk about it. There are stories that I feel that the adults in my life 
wouldn't talk about. And it's and so now I'm like hearing about things that happened in Spotsylvania County. I'm like, why was I? Y'all knew I like history. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> and now they're feeling more comfortable talking about it because the I don't want to go with slogans like silence is violence, but in a way it is. Like if you if you keep all this stuff tucked away, it it only hurts people. Um, and for me to celebrate Black History, I do things like this. I hang out with friends. Um, and for me, books is everything. So I compile lists of books, uh, podcasts, movies, documentaries. I also try and practice self-care because uh, Audre Lorde was really the first person that revolutionized the idea of self-care. When you delve into Black history, there's a lot of joy, but there's a lot of weight to it. Sometimes you you watch something that's like, man, that was that was tough. And I'm like, okay, you know what? But you educate yourself. You're lo- now it's time to love on yourself, and you can inform others of that situation. You can let other people know, like, oh, you're going through something like that. You know, hear about these other past people who also went through something like that and how they overcame. So it's for me, it's a it's a it's a moment to be seen. It's a crusade. It's a means of uplifting. It's it's everything. Black History Month is everything. I, I personally start celebrating <laughs> Dr. King Day, and you might not hear me uh, stop. I might slow down a little bit, but like then Juneteenth is like that's another that's that's another book in. <laughs> so now it's like benchmarked out, but it, it keeps then June is Black Music Month to me. Right. So I get my jams on, and then there's Pride Month, and I'm like, oh good, we're gonna talk about Marsha B. Johnson. Great, like. It's, it's like I said, it's year round. It's year round for me. That That is awesome. And you mentioned a point when you talked about your history teacher and then just saying, you know, why haven't I heard about these people and things? And many people I have not heard about myself if I had not spoken to you or done my own research. And it, and it brought me to this quote um, by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends, the silence of African-Americans in Black history who do not talk about these things to their kids and things because we don't talk about it. Or, or are we in a sense of comfortable where we have the, quote, rights and things like this until, unfortunately, someone is shot down or voting rights are being restricted that now we want to compare what was going on in the 20s, 60s, and, and beyond that to what is going on today. And so I think it's very important as you said, not to focus just on one person or one individual or people, but the whole spectrum of what Black history is and how it's important to everyday life, um, how it's important to what you can look back for legislation, um, housing and redlining, um, car insurance, racial inequality for that, and, and, and to understand what happened in the past and how we can look to make it better in the future. And I think not talking about it does more damage than good. Um, and, and I do uh, uh, agree with you with that. Um, friend, um, Ken, uh, what does Black history mean to you as you are in the middle of two historian people like what what does it mean to you um you know it is 
it's a mixed uh, emotion when you think about Black history. It, you know, you have so many moments of, of joy and celebration. You have uh, many moments of, of reflection and hurt. Um, you have moments of anger. Um, and it's, it's, it's all the things that still wrap up into the beauty of being a person of color and specifically being Black. Um, so I look at the the history or Black History Month as you know something that is out outwardly celebrated, um, you know, across the globe. But agreeing with Jessica, it should be um, many times throughout the year in which we're celebrating the great things that you know our ancestors and and what we have accomplished in this culture as of today. Um, so I just think it's just such a a joyous thing um, and being able to to have that level of community and, and family and all those things um, because the, the, the black family dynamic is just so um, interesting because we have to, to piece and mend a lot of different things to make that a stronghold. Um, and it doesn't look like your traditional family. And I just love how you know, we were able to create those dynamics um, with that within our community. So, yeah, I just think it's it's something that is yes, it's a month that we we recognize, but um, Black History is every day of the year. Awesome, friend. I, I also, oh, friend. I think friend. that's very important that you said, and so that goes to my next question: is um, as my friend said, is Black history is made every day. Um, Jessica, uh, what do you hope the future looks like um, when we talk about celebrating Black history? I hope that when we celebrate Black history, it's and I, it's hard because the way people act. <laughs> I, I hope that people, as we celebrate Black history, will stop being threatened by it. Right. Stop being threatened by Black history. Mm -hmm. It's American history. I'm, uh, I, I know that there are people who feel like if we talk about Black history, if we talk about slavery, if we talk about Jim Crow, why are you bringing these things up? This is making my child feel bad about themselves. Like, no, 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 no baby. We're just trying to make sure you know you live here in the United States. Shouldn't you know, whole, like the whole story? You only got one version of it. Right. When there's so much richness to the story, like we love, we I mean, Americans love a good underdog, mm -hmm. a survival story right. that overcame and they lifted themselves up and they endured and and they built things that last institutions. You find all of those things when you are studying Black history. Right. Yeah. Don't be threatened by it. That's what I hope that people will figure. Like right now, I'm from Spotsylvania. You've probably heard about my school board talking about they want to burn books and stop CRT. And there's the, they, they have these, they, there's like a boogeyman phantom that's going to come and snatch their babies out of the crib. And I'm going to teach this baby about, <laughs> it, it's crazy. So it's, I, I want people just not as we, as they learn about black, as if they if they'll just learn the stories and just realize, it, there's a lot there's a lot of nuance complexity. 
lessons to be learned. Like just that's what I want. Don't be threatened by it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Yeah. And you know, um, it forces them when you say threatened, because that's exactly what it is, it forces them to turn the mirror on themselves mm-hmm. to see what is what truly is happening. And oftentimes, you know, or uh, a white person will say, um, you know, well, that wasn't, it's, it's not something I did, you know, it's why, why are you pinning it to me? You're acting as if I did it. And I'm, it's not, it's not for you to, to understand it in that light and so much as just educate yourself on what it is that uh, we as a race have, have been through. Mm-hmm. So having to turn that mirror on yourself in any situation is, is tough. And so Black History Month is definitely um, a, a moment where they have to turn their the mirror on themselves and reflect on, you know, kind of what their views are and, and um, in ways that they can help make it, you know, make the setup better. I think that's very important that you said that, uh, friend, as well as uh, Jessica, is now, as you say, you have this critical race theory, which scares them and, and won many votes for the current governor of Virginia, right? <laughs> of this thing, of, of many people not even knowing what it is. Or so even if it's taught, you know, yeah. let alone that, you know, his kids have learned it in their private school in Washington, D.C., as I sip my wine, Mm-hmm. for that is okay so if you you know black history is more than slavery right yes. you have mm-hmm. the war of the american revolution with crispus addicts with mm-hmm. um it, it, it's been a, a, a james um armstead lafayette you know mm-hmm. you have so much history when yes you should talk about the 1619 project and things that had happened, but also talk about Sojourner Truth, you know, as the the first black woman to sue a white man and, and win. When you talk about mm-hmm. freedom, um, as you look at white people or the colonial period of saying in justifications of their King George, you have the same here of us talking about injustification of the justice system, as well as the laws and politics for Blacks, African-Americans, and other minorities. And why, as you said, we love an underdog story. So why not talk about this one when it retains to Black history? Because we are so much more than just one month and one person, no disrespect to Martin Luther King Jr. But as you know, um, Jessica and I know that there's plenty of things that happen after the I Have a Dream speech. That wasn't play. even the whole speech. They, only play, they play a clip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's so much more to our history, so much more to that. And individuals, when you talk about that, that is what talking about Black history means. Not just acknowledging the past, but also learning from it. Because as Ken said, you know, well, as he was to say to somebody, well, that's not nothing to do with me. But at the same time, if something black goes on, it's you people. Yes. You know, now we all in a category, but they don't want to be in a category of talking about slavery or injustice or segregation, which brings up an open door for discussion because it goes back to what we have to face today because that's the only way we can learn 
from it. And so that's all I have to say about that, honey. Real quick, uh, mm-hmm. someone asked me very recently, uh, and it was, a, it was a young person, so I was happy that they felt comfortable to ask me, what was my stance on reparations? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what's your stance? And this person who is not Black uh, said, I don't think I should have to pay for something that I didn't do. And I said, you are right. Uh, I've never been enslaved and you've never owned slaves. However, one of us is benefiting from a system, many systems and institutions that were built on the backs of slavery. Even if someone, say you're, you grew up in New England uh, and you didn't own slaves, but I mean, if you own a shipping company, if you're with an insurance company, like look at like Aetna, Brooks Brothers, Brooks Brothers made money making clothes to sell South for slaves, like crude clothes for slaves. And you know, Brooks Brothers got a lot of money. Yeah. Georgetown built with slave labor. So there's, I said, there's different types of uh, reparations like Georgetown was like located uh, the and contacted the descendants of those who were enslaved and gave them scholarships. I said, I can't put a price on the suffering of my ancestors. And if I could, you could never afford it. Mm. So what you could do is, I mean, reparations is repair. Help dismantle these systems and institutions that are giving one of us a privilege and the other not. If you see an injustice, speak out against it. I mean, there are people who were not Black who were in the civil rights movement. That is a form of reparations. If you gave me a check, I could spend all that money. I could spot who, who I could just just paying off some people's student loans. I could blow that money real fast. Uh, but you know, we'll go farther would be voting rights. Yeah, <laughs> having a, a, a having an election day be a national holiday. This, you know, like I, so. I I I think I kind of blew this person's mind because he wasn't expecting me. Like, yes, you should give me money because and I'm like no 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 like you know like. Uh, like the like we saw about we mentioned redlining yeah that's Ma- give, give, i mean if you want to give me credit towards a nice home <laughs> as a starter house <laughs> and, and you know you brought up a good point is that's me and ken had talked about with when it comes to um LGBTQ rights and things like that is just because you have the right to marry or things that you know, you can do that was not even thought of in the past does not mean the fight is over. You know, uh, as you said, redlining, um, looking at now as a news coverage about um, inequality, racial inequality with how you pay for your car insurance. Mm-hmm. Like these are real issues and things that we need to talk about that it's the fight isn't over. Yes, we have a month. But we also celebrate all year and things that we can learn um, as we continue on in our educational path, as well as what we can tell our kids and whether you're white, black or Hispanic, whatever, like to understand the history is to understand where you are in the present and hope for a better future. Um, Before we wrap up our grab your glasses, um, 
I want to know from each of you, um, who is a black person living or dead that you would like to shout out for our audience to learn more about that they did not learn about or may heard a little bit about um, growing up? Who is someone you can think? I'll start with my friend, my Kay. Kay, can you tell us someone you would like to shout out? It could be living, dad, family member, friend, foe, whoever. <laughs> um, well, I mean, and this is going to be catered uh, to me personally, but I would like to know more about, you know, my great, great grandparents, so the different um, trials and tribulations that they had to endure, um, you know, to, to get their take on their experience um, living in, you know, the the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and what that felt like being in the South. Um, so, of course, I know our listeners can't uh, do that type of research, but I need to um, to be doing that um, as well. And, and if I had the opportunity to, to speak with them, it would be all about the, the experience. Um, so, so that's who I choose is my, you know, my great, great, parents uh, great great grandparents um on both sides to just you know see what it was like for them and kind of um and maybe get their take on what is happening now if they're able to see it you know how they feel we're we're progressing or you know are, are we not progressing so that's my take awesome jessica i would like to shout out um lonnie bunch and uh, Carla Hayden, uh, Lonnie Bunch, of course, has been uh, everywhere, it seems, when it comes to the Smithsonian. One of the reasons why we have the National African-American Museum of, of History and Culture is because of Lonnie's work. If you go into that museum, a lot of the collection um, that, was, that he donated, the things that he, the artifacts that he collected were just incredible. And Carla Hayden was, she was in charge of the Baltimore uh, library system when the Freddie Gray riots happened and she kept the libraries open because the library is not just for people who want to check out books. Like people rely on the services of libraries. Uh, that's why I pay my taxes to keep my library open. But uh, President Barack Obama appointed her the librarian of Congress and the library of Congress, the largest library in the world. And just the idea that a black woman is running the largest library in the world just it's, it, it's everything. Uh, so just two amazing people who are for the culture, for history, for literature, for advancement of knowledge. Awesome. And, you know, Jessica, I hope one day we run into her. Um, as yes. Both are on the hill and we have a tunnel that connects us to that magnificent building and um, hope to give our flowers um, one day, uh, to her, uh, one person I would like to, for people to learn more about, and I did an article about this individual, um, especially during the, um, start of the closures in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic is Reverend Richard Allen, um, who was a minister, educator, writer, and one of America's most active and influential black leaders 
in the 1790s, friends, um, he is known for the AME Church. Uh, he's the first independent Black uh, denomination in the United States. Um, he helped during the start of the Yellow Fever for African Americans to take part and raise um, up their service, not as slaves, but as people, as citizens to assist and help during the Yellow Fever, um, the nation's first pandemic in 1793. Um, I've done an article about uh, Reverend Rich Richard Allen, um, as well as uh, read about him in the book, um, The General's Chefs, which talks about um, Hercules, who cooked for Washington, uh, George Washington, during his presidency in Mount Vernon, as well as um, in Pennsylvania, before finally escaping to what they believe, uh, where they believe in New York. Uh, but learning more about Richard Allen and his um, influence for helping escape slaves as well as uh, being the one to take the heat for, you know, when African-Americans uh, were helping um, people who were sick with the yellow fever to now at that time being demeaned and blamed for the yellow fever after they helped these people, you know, yeah. and him being able to provide a safe haven for escaped slaves as well as to show um, we are more than your laborers. We are more mm -hmm. than your workers. We are more than your property. And so I would like people to learn more about Richard Allen. So that is all I have for you guys. Jessica, I want to thank you so much for joining with yeah. us. Um, you partnered with us through the Rainbow History Project. Um, Ken was not able to join in on that discussion, but... Um, we are so happy to have you with our official show, uh, Rewinding the Week. I can't, I, I am so happy I got to join you too. It, this was a fabulous conversation. I really hope I get to come back soon. <laughs> of course. Yes, definitely. But one thing me and friend loves is friends, a good kiki cat cat, and of course, someone. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. Thank yes, you, Jessica, for joining us. Next next time we gotta bring some uh, have a, a cocktail list. A on, black history cocktail list. Yes. <laughs> on a non-school night. Yeah, we could do it. A, a black yeah. bartender drink list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um Jessica, we we I already you. got one drink in mind. I'm like, ooh, the rosa. And and caption be like, you know, this one to have you stay put. Oh Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm a dang on. I, I won't you drink it. You won't be able to get up. <laughs> See, free is See, me and Jess are already there. Y'all already here. I love it, fr friend. I love it. We're gonna have to talk about this drink because you know we gonna, yeah. we can do it. We can make it happen. Make it pop in. Um, with that drink, friend. Look at you marketing. I saw so you. We can, we can do, know. We you can know, do the Black Stella Rose. So, so, you know, when somebody yeah. tried to go and make it, me and Jessica have our money. Cause, and you got to make CC. it with some rosé. Right. It's got some rosé in it because it's rosé. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, I think it. I think a rosé and a nice little lavender drink in there. Like a little something. <laughs> You know why I say lavender, friend? Because Rosa Parks, friend, if you do not know this, I think she's an Aquarian. 
Well, Jessica, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And we're going to get right on that drink. Friends, stay tuned as we talk about our Kings and Queens segment. Thank you, Jessica. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, Jessica, for your continued support for our podcast and for Black History. Today, for our Kings and Queens segment, we are going to celebrate the restaurant, The Croker Spot, located in Richmond, Virginia, and Petersburg, Virginia. It is based off someone named Mr. Croker, who was born in the Jackson Ward neighborhood of Richmond, Virginia. That area was once called Little Africa for its majority demographic of African Americans. He was nicknamed for the croaking sound of his voice and inviting laugh, which contrasts with his smooth style and elegant demeanor. After graduating from Armstrong High School, he traveled to New York to find work in what he affectionately referred to as Harlem, USA. There, he befriended starving artists, writers, jazz musicians, and small-town hustlers. He also met with aspiring entrepreneurs, all of whom were trying to carve a niche for themselves in the big city. In his later years, Mr. Croker opened a restaurant known as Croker's in Harlem. Mr. Croker set out to create the best of the best in soul food eaten this side of the Mississippi. For those who thrived on the other side of the midnight at the center of the universe, there they found themselves at Mr. Croker's spot. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, listeners, to um, just thank you for your support. Um, also for my dog, Egypt, who joined in on the conversation. You guys take care and continue to enjoy Black history. Until next time.